Hello everyone, welcome to another wonderful edition of The Couple with Cheryl, the podcast on all things single parenting with a focus on being better, especially at raising the most amazing gifts ever, which are the children that we have been entrusted with. All right, so um, this is another exciting edition because we're doing a history this time around, but as opposed to previous episodes where we got to talk to single parents, this time around, we're talking to someone who grew up in a single parent household, all right? The conversation today promises to be very real, very open, very honest, and we would very, very much love for all you, our wonderful listeners, to make sure that you stay with us as we go through this very very revealing story from our guests today and remember to ask your questions write them down if you must and then send to us via our different um, platforms all right with me today on the podcast is daniel lukosun professional troublemaker broadcaster <laughs> content creator graphics designer he's just a bundle of so many talents, everything put into one. Welcome to the couple with Cheryl Daniel. Thank you so much, Cheryl. How are you doing? I'm amazing. Thank you for coming to talk to us today on the podcast. Finally, I get to be on a podcast. Yes. It's a uh, dream come how true. does it feel? How does it feel? Dream come true, my are you sister. Any specific type of vibes. Yeah, I think I want to do this more often. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that we are doing that for you. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice. It'd be nice. You should you should totally start something of your own. We've had that conversation as well. Yes. All right. Welcome, Daniel. Um, Thank you. You're going to be telling us your story today. Okay. So there's not much of an intro I can give with regards to that. But, you know, we would like to hear... What it was like for you, especially because this podcast is geared at raising wholesome, healthy children. When people say, oh, single parent, or you grew up in a single parent home, uh, the first word that comes to mind for many people is, oh, it was a dysfunctional upbringing he had or she had. Um, You know, so we want to just get a feel of what that was like for you especially seeing as the word dysfunction is very easily thrown out yeah okay yeah so what was it like let's let's hear your story so i I was born in 1985 month of may to be precise um in my own case there wasn't any divorce that happened because they were not married in the first place uh you had a man who met a woman who was very good with his words and was able to woo her to the point that she um, gave up her virginity and also believed that this was going to be the man she had been waiting for all her life. Um, Mm. Fast forward the long story, uh, the man does what he wants to do, gets my mother pregnant and then insists in the fourth month that there be be an abortion. Now my mother thought it was a joke until she found herself in the hospital with the man and the receipt and uh, all the necessary um, that she needed to get the abortion done and when she saw that she then realized that okay this guy wasn't joking after all and um, the woman being who she was stormed out of the place and returned home 
Now, he came to meet her at the time she was living in a Babbage police barracks. I don't know how to explain it right now because it's so many years now. She was living there at the time. He came in and then, you know, men being men, you know, all authoritative and stuff. Why wouldn't you go ahead with it? What is wrong with you? Yada, yada, yada. And then my mom burst out laughing. Now, the thing with my mother is when she's angry and she's going haywire and running berserk and everything, eh, it's really nothing. But when she begins to laugh, you'd rather just stand in front of a train and be run over than, you know, face what my mother's going to do to you at that point in time. So she begins to laugh and he thought, okay, yeah, I have this woman finally. And then in trying to put his arms around her, according to what she told me, she headbutts him, lifts him by his trousers over her head, out the, out the door, mind you, she lived on the third floor and threw him down the balcony. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. When she had done that was when she realized what she had done. Luckily for her, man lands um, face down. Uh, after a few seconds, he snooks up and then begins to call my mother all sorts of names, which murderess and every other thing that you can think of moment she saw that he was good he was okay he stood up he dusted himself and he walked away she walked back into the house oh, wow. and swore that she was going to raise the child by herself goes through the pregnancy process she was working with a government organization whose name i'll keep to myself right now mm -hmm. um but she had to present a church member to act as the quote-unquote husband because, of course, there was the whole stigma of single motherhood, uh, government uh, policies and all of that. How are you pregnant without a husband and all of that? So okay. fast forward to the day I was born. Um, my dad had wanted to come and, you know, celebrate and everything. On the day he came, he came with the woman he's presently married to. And uh, my uncles, being of course also men, asked him why he was there. Had he not already um, decided that he wanted to terminate the baby, so why was he there? And he said he just wanted to see his first son and all of that, all of that. They let him in, he sees me, he turns, he walks away, and uh, none of them see or hear from him again. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, whoa. yeah, so there you go. So about a year later, I from this part of history, not back then, though from this part of history, I hear that he had his first quote unquote official child with the other woman, which means they got married barely a month or two after my birth. I can't really fix a I can't really place a finger on the date. Um so I grew up under my mother um ever since I was born. My father had no hand whatsoever when i say no hand i mean not even a single cover in my upbringing there was no word of advice there was no word of discipline there was no show of affection you know in the way that uh, nigerian fathers are known to do back in the days which is which is um, minimal which is minimal which is yeah, which is very, exactly yeah now, you, you know how you said something about dysfunction just now? Mm -hmm. Back in the days, we knew nothing about the term dysfunction. If your child came out terrible, it was a result of demonic forces, etc., etc. But thankfully, the kind of woman my mother was, right from birth, 
she was um i'm gonna use the term birth but from a very young age she had to be toughened up because mm. unfortunately she lost her mom during the biafran war um her neighbors her, her father's neighbors connived against the woman because she was becoming too wealthy and too powerful in Lokoja at the time and she happened to be from the southeast mm. so they claimed that she was an informant to the biafran army so she was taken away and killed so my mom had to learn how to be almost independent because she had what eight or nine brothers and sisters ahead of her and just the old man who was her father so that so your mom was also a single parent she was my I'm sorry, she also grew up in grow up, a single parent household. grew up under a single father right, yes. right right yes so but in her own case her mother was killed just like i said mm-hmm. now when she grew up and got to the age that she was when she met my father that she already had instilled in her discipline consistency all the whatnots that you can think of now in raising me she played both roles not yeah both roles father mother she plays the role of provider protector um, playmates disciplinarian uh what else uh, uh what do you call it now chef uh, you know all of that all of that shtick she goes through the whole process but if there's anything that i can say is this because of the manner in which she raised me it was difficult to tell what a father was supposed to feel like okay all right i'm, I'm gonna come in right there you've said quite a lot and a lot of your story just has me like jaw on the floor <laughs> right because yeah. i mean i'm talking about the tenacity that your mother had first of all insisting yeah. she was going to keep you i mean let's not yeah. talk about the fact that she threw your father down yeah the from the third floor yeah the third floor. <laughs> yeah that remains um, a story for the days right <laughs> yes i mean her coming to herself afterwards that must have been traumatic for her like thinking oh my god i could have killed him you know stuff like that but yeah we're we're just gonna move on from there very slightly and just Mm. talk about the fact that your father just from the very beginning insisted that he wasn't Mm. going to play part. now i want to talk about how you felt growing up knowing that first of all when did you realize that your father just had decided i don't want any part of you when did you realize that so my mother was was not known to Mm. papa people my mother was one to give it to you as real as it is she would tell you if your mouth stank she would tell you your mouth stinks go and brush that's the kind of person she was she didn't have the whole do you need some bubble gum do you think you might want to chew some bubble gum that was in her but benny your mouth is smell go brush your teeth so right from when i was two or three she had already started to tell me about the fact that my dad had left her and she had me alone but she didn't say it she didn't say it with bitterness or uh, animosity or anything she laid it to me straight straight and real like yo fam 
you will see men in other families that people call daddy you have one but he's just not here so you're going to have to brace yourself up anything it is that you know you're going to be going through i have to know you get mm. she would say this in a nice way she would also say this with a whip <laughs> when i go <laughs> you know astray mm. naturally that's just that's just who my mother was so she already prepared my okay this is how crazy it was i think at the age of um nine no no no. at the age of eight because my mom happened to remarry or rather to get married but to a polygamous man oh. who whose house she refused to live in because she was that independent so she had to have a house of her own so even the man she got married to if i ever saw him in a year it was like maybe twice in a year because she lived in lagos and he lived in abuja do you oh. understand so it was a weird was a weird uh, situation so basically even the man who was supposedly my stepfather was most of the time absent hmm. because polygamy one two you know they were, they were they were stationed in different places mm-hmm. now a lot of people have asked me how is it that you don't have animosity towards your father how is it that you are not you're not angry at your father you don't hate your father and i say it's because i actually don't know him don't know him enough to even right. accord him any sort of emotion the, or emotional response no there's there is not know him exactly there's not knowing him enough and there's not knowing him at all do you oh. understand and i am of the latter i don't know him at all okay so this is the much i can tell you about my dad the first and only time I met my father was in Ibadan, and that was in 1989. I was four at the time. Uh, about a month prior to then, now this is going to sound really spooky, about a month prior to then, my mom says, she tells me, or rather she told me before she passed, unfortunately she passed in the year 2010, uh, that, um, thank you, thank you, um, that, um, I had woken up one day and said to her that my dad was crying. And then she said, how do I know that that is my dad? And I said, because he told me so. And she said, where did you see him? And I said, I saw him in my sleep. And then she said to describe him. And when I was done describing the man, it was apparently somebody who looked like my father or whatever. Okay. So uh, about a month later, I was on holidays in Ibadan. My mother's uncle at the time, who is also unfortunately laid down, stayed in Ibadan. And um, when I went there for the holidays, about a week or two into the holidays, he now takes me with him and says, let's go somewhere. Yes, now this is one thing that um, helped my growth right from childhood. My mother used to send me on holidays every single holiday, right? Mm-hmm. just so that I didn't get too attached to her okay. so that I could learn to mix with people mm. right from the age of four I was already going for holidays in different people's places till I was like eight or nine or ten or eleven or so at least one holiday I would spend it away from her so I learned that um, truth that she wasn't always going to be there right from a very young age Mm. matter of fact there was a period when she was sick for about three or four months she couldn't walk and all of that when she came back home and she could finally walk and all of that from that age she was already preparing me that one day she'll be gone so i shouldn't just you know 
relax on my oars and just yeah. expect everything will happen but that's another side that's another side, part of the story so at my at my great uncle's place we go to this military settlement let me use the term barracks or cantonment or whatever we went there and then the man places me in the waiting room yeah and then next thing the old man comes in that's my great uncle comes in with this tall slender military man i remember very well what he was wearing he was wearing his um his uh, what you call it again the regular uniform not the camouflage mm -hmm. the other one he was wearing it with a red beret right and um it was a green beret. no it was a red beret actually and then um when they both walk in right i could hear like two people had met just outside the door greeting themselves hey hi what's going on da, 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 da. then they walk in to the um, waiting room and as they walk into the waiting room the old man now calls me by a native name that he named me which is chooks chukuma he now says chooks i said sir and i remember this as clearly as it was yesterday i even remember what i was wearing he now says do you know this man and i turn and look at the man and i'm like it's my daddy now and then i continued playing with my throw pillows and then i remember the guy turned to my great uncle and say what is he talking about then my great uncle says to him that's the boy you wanted aborted that's him there his name is chukuma and the man pulls off his beret or beret pulls it off <laughs> stares at me and walks away for the second time right so that was the only time i ever saw my dad face to face yeah that was the only time i saw <laughs> yeah that was the only time i got to see my dad face to face in my life other times i've been on pictures and he okay. appears on television every now and then so from that young age and that experience i had made me understand that okay this man doesn't really want me in his life so yeah I got to that point of, eh, you know, like psh, anything that wants to happen. And so um, when I returned to Lagos, I told my mom this story and uh, she didn't show me any emotions because I don't know what she was expecting. Well, I was a child at the time, but I don't know how she handled it. But she literally took that responsibility yeah. upon herself to take me through life from when I was born to when she passed when I was 25. That was like some 10 or so years ago so that's basically what happened there was no daddy presence right mommy was daddy and mommy for me basically okay i have to ask this because mm. for you especially like you said yeah. back then the word dysfunction never quite came up but having grown mm. into the man that you are right now i want to ask because you know, this is a real fear yeah. for a lot of single parents out there. Yeah. You are a man, right? So what yeah. you had was yeah. your mother. But by all indications, your mother was a very strong-willed mm -hmm. person. She was very firm. I want to believe that even when she took the decision yeah. to raise you by herself, she had the support of family but first of not at first not 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 at not at first because she had a couple of brothers who put her down like literally put her down 
there was talk of her being a prostitute there was talk of her being loose there was talk of her being irresponsible mind you these are people who also had children out of wedlock so the whole well, the she, whole well, she was a woman nonsense you know, of the patriarchal which, society was playing exactly. out at the time exactly. yeah that's what i'm saying exactly. so the whole nonsense okay. of the patriarchal society was playing out at the time so it was basically one of them who excuse my french middle fingered the rest of them and said if you people are not going to stand by this girl i will stand by this girl the rest of you can go to blazes thank god for right and he happened to be the youngest male in the family okay okay he happened to be the youngest male in the family his name edward musadent enigia he's also late sadly that is the closest person i understand as or that is the closest figure that i can connect to fatherhood in my life do you get because between the ages of four and eight every single holiday was spent in his home right. he would literally leave because we stayed in lagos he would literally leave mina niger state travel down to lagos come pick me up then take me all the way back to mina because he had five kids so in my mind those were my brothers and sisters those were my those were the people i called brother and sister at the time another thing that um, my mother used to help me understand the dynamics of family was this she had quite a number of my cousins living with us because she was pretty much like the philanthropist of the family right so i had older cousins i was always the youngest in the house but the way my mother treated these older ones at first i thought we were of the same you know loins right because their school fees came first their christmas clothes came first if they were serving food most of the time their meals would come first you know just to ensure that nobody felt like they were being punished in the house do you get so that's basically what she but but like i said she was a strict disciplinarian Mm -hmm. if you got out of line she would whoop your behind back in line and i wasn't even spared in that i mean i'm the child who started cooking stew at the age of seven amazing do you understand my mother started making my my mother insisted i started washing my clothes at the age of five six like dude will be crying like we carry can and sit down with me there you will wash that clothes that was just who my mother and was. she didn't do that so talking just about for dysfunction you. she didn't do that just for you it was something that she no, did that's just, you know for all no. the people that you grew up with. everybody okay so it wasn't a special treatment yep. kind of thing you know it was just who your mother was strong determined no willing to push through yeah willing not to spare the rod yeah and spoil the child and all of that that's amazing okay so you never ever got the sense of i could i could be better you know if you had a father around did you ever get that sense at all not for once at all not at any point not for once not once the only time that thing crept up in my not head even was... to the point of making you want to reach out to your father nope the only time I ever thought in my head like, oh my god, my father was never here. It's funny. I was I was 21 and I was in school and because I studied medical science, human anatomy. So every now and then you're expected to dress up all, you know, spruced up and everything. And um, I had already worn everything I needed to wear and I wanted to like knot a tie and I couldn't knot a tie. And so my friends who were around were like, oh, you can't knot a tie right and then one of them literally stands up and he's not in the tie for me and for that singular moment i felt emotional like yo if i actually had a man in my life as a child he must have taught me this 
But then my spirit man said to me, self, self said, mm, don't be foolish. And that was how it ended. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I never felt that way. Matter of fact, my mother was the one who tried to make me find my father. Because I had become oh, wow. okay. too disconnected from that whole thought process of needing a father figure in my life. Would you honestly say that that disconnect was a rebellion? No. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you miss caviar? I <laughs> never tasted it. <laughs> Couldn't possibly exactly. miss what I've never had. Exactly. Well, I could long so for it. Though. The way she was I there. I could long for it. That's the difference. I could long for it. So it's not necessarily about missing So how do you long how, how do you long for, for something that you've never had? Or Here's had how. a taste of? Because because everything or pretty much everything yeah. around you or a couple of things that you have seen mm-hmm. around you present to you the perception that life yeah. would be better if once in a while you have yeah. caviar if i were speaking too much to let's bring it home okay so um oh my god palm wine yeah like do you hear how your heart beats how your heart races when you think palm wine. I, 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 I can taste it because I've had it before. You can taste it. Exactly. I've had it before. Well, Jack, no, I'm coming. I know. <laughs> you probably have. Okay. You probably have. But stay with me. Stay stay with me on this, Daniel. So your friends are telling you that there is this really natural, you know, really nice um local drink that you know when you take it, it's like you're one of men you know mm-hmm. i don't know why i'm thinking palm wine but i'm thinking palm wine let's yeah, just roll okay. with it okay and okay. you've never had it before mm-hmm. but you've seen how they react when they mm-hmm. take palm wine mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about palm wine is in its most fermented no term fresh state because of course, fresh from the, the stem fire taste does not really chew mm. understand what i'm yes. talking about yes yes so You've seen how they get. It's not like they're inebriated. It's not like they lose control of their senses. I mean, you can take palm wine and still get that really nice buzz without losing your mind completely. So you see a couple of friends and you're like, okay, I, I definitely have to try that one day. Let's not stray too far from the topic because it's now looking like we're talking too much about this palm wine. But you get where <laughs> I'm going with that analogy. You can yes, long for it. Yeah. You know, you can long for it. I, I, I don't think it's out of place for people to, to want it. I mean, you've never driven an AMG before, but I mean, it's probably on your bucket list. So you get where I'm going with that, right? Yes, so I back. do. Let's come back. But you see, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, right? There is the longing for palm wine, right? Uh-huh. But I had tasted uh-huh. grape had tasted fresh wine from the grape, from the grapevine. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, I'm not going to win this one, am I? No, you're not. <laughs> but do you get where I'm coming from? <laughs> I understand you, Daniel. All right. So that's basically it for me. 
I, I had friends who talked about their fathers. We would, when we are having talks, they're telling me about things that their fathers have done. And I'm like, but mommy did that too. What the hell? Do you get? Mommy did that too. You're talking about, oh, my father took me out to drive. My man, my mother took me out like, Baba, drive. I almost said that's I got her. She hold the steering, tell me slap, say, what to keep me? I'm like, but yeah, but I'm still letting, you know? Literally everything that they said they did with their dads. I did with my mom. But here's the thing. Now, some people will raise this argument that there are things that a mother yeah. or there are places that a mother certainly cannot take mm -hmm. in a child's life where a father is originally supposed to play. So it may not necessarily be that you, um, you felt like there was a lack somewhere, but I hear you talk about the fact that your mom, at some point, started trying to get you to look at your father. Yeah. And I believe that she had a reason for doing that. So let's just tie that in with this talk about um, a woman cannot completely fill the place of a man in a child's life. Were there times mm -hmm. when there were things that you just felt, I can't talk to mommy about, okay? So how did you handle yeah. those kinds of situations? And I'm mm -hmm. asking these questions because it's so important when people use the word dysfunction, it's broad, but there is the emotional part, there is the behavioral part, there's the educational part. So I want us to cover all of these so that we know that if we're getting rid of the word dysfunction, we're getting rid of it. Do you understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Cheryl, you're going to be pissed off at me. <laughs> well let's see because i talked about i talked about every single thing i repeat every single thing with my mother we were mm, that close those things that i may not have been able to tell her was because we were not in the same environment and then maybe by the time we see ourselves i've forgotten about it or I've spoken to a friend or two about it. Admittedly, admittedly, there were some things that maybe because she lacked understanding about them, I got to learn from outside, yeah. especially because of the kind of friends I had around me. And I want to thank God for the kind of people he placed as friends in my life. Yeah, especially in my university days, because I had three very, very close friends. Now, these were three men who grew up with their fathers, were very close with their fathers. So I learned certain trends of manhood, things like um, patience, mm. right? The patience of struggle going through, because we went through school together. It, it just happened to be that they were a year ahead of me, right? So I was able to see how they put their heads down and then get things done. Mm you get even though it took a long period of time to get to the point or get to the mark i learned that from them being considerate and all of that i learned that from my mom i'm i'm so sorry but in this no, in this story this guy's this story is your story it was all well nicknamed true baby it was all true baby <laughs> do you understand then of course she made me go and stay with a lot of people who she trusted mm -hmm. so they also had their own effect on me they also rubbed off on me the thing is the kind of people that she hung out with were almost like her i get that do you understand yes so that was basically it um right from the age of 16 okay the one thing i i know that i wasn't able to tell my mom 
was my okay let me let me let me let me put it in context from the age of 16 my mother started the whole process of trying to get me to reunite with my father and i was saying to her there really is no need because i don't see any need at first she wasn't being pushy about it but after a period 16 she does what she knows how to do best i don't know how she did it but she got my father's number mm. gave it to me to go call the man and uh, and when i did that he literally says to me that he doesn't know who i am i should not call this phone i'm like uh guy okay but he cuts the call then i send him a message and i say my name is this this was who you had a relationship with from so 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 time to so 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 time this was the day of my birth this was the hospital you wanted me aborted this is the amount you paid this was the letter you wrote on so so and so so day this was what you used to call my mother so i just thought it was necessary to let you know that i'm still alive and well and my mom is the one who pushed me to do this so when my mom finally died i called him up again that was four years after called him up and i said okay so um hi my name is susu susu person i'd like to talk to you and then he literally says again i don't know who you are don't call me i'm like mm. i caught the he cuts the call then i send him a message and i'm like blood i just need you to understand something i'm not trying to reunite with you it's never been my intention right i just thought it was necessary for you to know that the person who gave birth to your firstborn son is no longer alive curtsy demand but for you to do what you just did now to pretend that you do not know who i am or who my mother is makes you a coward in my eyes so never ever you think that i did this to try to reunite with you i did it out of curtsy have a nice day that was 2010 till now i've not bothered myself about it and he didn't respond to that last message no he did not okay all right um we're gonna move on because yeah. You know, it's not in my place okay. to use certain terms to describe um, men who decide with such utter finality to not be a part of their children's lives. I have a word for them, but I'm not going to use that mm -hmm. out of respect to you. Because whether <laughs> I like it or not, he is your father. But here's what I would say, just as we mm -hmm. round up this episode. Your mom, God rest her soul, was an amazing person. And clearly, her, just that spirit of hers, you know, shown through, you know, in all the time that she had to spend with you and raise you. And from everything you have said, you know, I tried to dig and poke and check and just be sure that, you know, there was no... Um, resentment harbored against your dad and you made me understand in very clear terms and none of that was there and and that is a very key element i think that plays in why people would say that children that grow up in single parent homes are largely dysfunctional because there is an element that consciously or unconsciously has has come to play in their lives as lacking and so they act out voluntary or involuntary mm -hmm. from what they need to understand. I talked about the three key areas, which is emotionally, um, behaviorally, and educationally, right? And from what you tell me, your mom did really yeah, good. Yeah. First of all, there is that thing about the bond between a mother and a son. Um, I've mentioned that on previous episodes that as much yeah. as I treasure it, I worry that it might then play a role later on in future 
to probably disrupt what he, he may have going on with other people, other women who might come into his life. So, you know, that's the thing that I worry yeah. about. I, I don't know if that ever yeah. happened with you, but it seems like, you know, you're, you're pretty good yourself and your mom has passed on. So there are elements also that um, you might have had to internalize and say, okay, she's no longer here, but I'm grown now. And this is how I'm going to deal with this and, and, and deal with that. But the role that she played in your life, raising you, clearly just still shines through. And you can Very see sure. that, thank God, for the person that you've grown up to be. I mean, I don't even have any skeletons. Like, they're, closet, they're literally, my, 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 my closet my closet is <laughs> very available for anybody today. to come check. There like, are no skeletons. So other females might then have to assess you and say, okay, yeah, Daniel is definitely not a mama's boy. But in all, just from your story alone, I'm so happy for the role that your mother played in the person that you become. As long as there are no resentments, as long as you're able to, even if it was by default, grow into this into this system of not even recognizing that there was a parent lacking or there was a parent missing or the influence of a parent was completely absent in your life, then I think it goes a long way to say that yeah, we can rule out dysfunction. And this is for our listeners out there who, by whatever circumstance, found themselves as single parents. This is something that I personally struggle with in my thinking about the role of the man has to play in helping me raise my son. And man, it's not there. So what do we do? We move. So I'm learning from you today about you know the kind of person that your mother was some of us have different backgrounds, so we probably won't be able to emulate her 100%, but I definitely take learning points mm-hmm. from that, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, the fact that you had a stepfather and he didn't even feature in this story nah. is shocking. <laughs> that is shocking. So, so I, I think clearly just took it and ran with it. Wow. I think there was something, I think there was something she realized that I would have no other figure to look up to. I think she realized that from early enough. And so she never was going to drop the ball. Never. Do you understand? She never would. I mean, I said it earlier. From the age of six, my mother was already preparing me for her death. That's weird. She didn't die till 19 years after. But by the time she passed on, I was ready, you know, I was ready to go it alone, if I would say that, even though for most of the period, I didn't really go it well as I would have wanted to, but she prepared me for her absence. The day she passed on, the first thing that came out from my mouth when I got home to gather my things, I looked up to to my ceiling, because we always look up when we believe we want to talk to God, and I said, the person who you have put over me to be responsible for me is gone. It's your turn. Take over. And when I got home and I saw people crying, I was not, I was not broken. I was angry. Like, why are you guys crying? Will your tears bring her back? That's a, that's a stage of grief. Yeah. So you need to understand well, that as well. Yeah. But other people probably have reacted like that. Yeah. Because yeah, you didn't even know her like I did. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Stop pretending. Do you understand? So like, why are you guys <laughs> yes, crying? You know, exactly. but 
she basically prepared me for it she let me understand one very important thing about life and i use it till today you are responsible for your own life the way people behave should not affect who you are she literally went through a lot of crap for the sake of family for the sake of friends for the sake of work but none of those things changed who she was till the day she passed so these things were things i grew up with and saw that helped me understand there will be pain there will be disappointment there will be reasons to give up but always remember that the clock is still ticking and if you decide to stay at after 11 when the time says after 5 you're not moving with it get that yeah all right all right thank you so much daniel i think that's an amazing note to wrap up the conversation on thank today. you thank you for sharing your story with us we're going to be getting more stories from different people i've had a few people you know just writing and they want to share and we're going to be doing that so that we understand that there are varied aspects to these things and different people with different circumstances but what we are trying to do is sort of like find a way to balance it all out okay and from daniel's story today his mom was just really really super at doing that and you know it has shown in the kind of man that you are today thank you now another test of that mm. as people would say mm. is in how you raise your own family true because some people will tell you that these things have a way of trickling down yeah so my ex grew up in a forgive me but i'm going to use the word dysfunctional home mm -hmm. and he he blamed one or the other of his parents mm -hmm. for the way things turned out mm -hmm. and then voila the cycle is sort of repeating itself mm -hmm. but then i take from what you say about you are responsible for your decisions mm -hmm. your actions mm -hmm. and all of that but then just let's just be sure that village people have not established the link between <laughs> between our past and our future yeah. you understand where i'm you understand what I understand. i'm saying but thank you so much daniel thank you so much daniel you have been amazing thank statistics you. say as i round up that four percent of children in nigeria under the age of 18 live with one parent and no other adult percent might sound like a little to you but in retrospect that is a lot especially when you consider the different ways that these children are being brought up how do we make sure that our children are being raised wholesome hearty healthy without any issues that's what the couple with cheryl is about i look forward to seeing you guys on our next episode please do send us messages on our email chercsts at gmail.com and on decoupled with cheryl we're everywhere on social media including ig facebook youtube and we will do the best we can we're not know-it-alls here nope 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 we're just trying to do the best that we can and make sure that we all get better i'll see you guys on our next episode thank you so much Ta -da.